0: now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast mr scott shall we give the enterprise a proper shakedown I would say it's
1: time for that, sir. I
0: before this drama unfolds, we give welcome to the ones named Kirk and Spock. You what planet is this? Which one of we is the captain?
1: Do we violate the treaty, Captain?
0: Sir, someone is stealing the Enterprise. What are you scratching at? Humans <laughs> make illogical decisions. Distract sequence completed and engaged. No! Yes, I found Mr. spot! I'm talking to the spot understand! Mm-hmm.
1: of the prize. We are under attack. Fire, let's
0: Hello oh, and welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday, the TOS edition. My name is Scott Gardner, and joining me, as always, is my best pal, Chris Honeywell. Hey <laughs> I'm trying to get more. That, how was that? With it every month. Uh, sound like a sick Mugatu. Captain Kirk. All right, so what do we got? Oh, you said you uh, you had some stuff that you wanted to bring in at the beginning <clears> of this throat> one.
1: Him? <throat> yes,
0: I did. And I'll tell you what—you go as long as you like, because I am in no hurry to get to the uh, to the episode portion of this episode. Uh-huh. That made no sense, did it? Why, <laughs> confound it! Anyway. Yes, you know how I always
1: gripe about how I've, I, well, I don't gripe because I'm happy I find Star Wars stuff at garage sales, but I very rarely find Star Trek stuff, you know, Right. Um, but recently I did find the, um, Star Trek motion, the motion picture soundtrack. I think I talked about that. Maybe the last Star Trek Monday, monthly Monday it was so long ago. I don't, I don't remember. Um Assistant Editors Month when I was on vacation in Bora Bora has erased a good chunk of my of my memory. But um Um since then, and I sort of in passingly mentioned these on um on uh Garage Shale Gloat, my garage shale adventures podcast. But I got um this this you would love this garage sale, but it was one of those ones where it was like, am I gonna spend more money on myself or try to actually make this worth doing? It was a lot of it was somebody who collected like paper collectibles, so they had a lot of cheesy, you know, knick knacky stuff, but they had I'd say eight long boxes full of comics and you know, a couple boxes full of assorted magazine stuff and movie tie-in stuff. And everything was priced like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, and and stuff. But the at the at the garage sale, everything over five dollars was two dollars, and everything under five dollars was a dollar. So basically everything was two dollars. So it was basically the comics was a one dollar and two dollar bin, but there were lots of old you know, older from the Seven, you know, mid '70s up comics, and they're in a lot of the House of Mystery type horror comics and stuff. But the stuff that I really wanted, but I only picked up, I picked up a Popeye giveaway comic and uh, and a House of Mystery. But what got me was in the magazine section they had those awesome Star Star Trek giant poster books.
0: Ooh. Those.
1: Of, cur- yeah. of course you do. We've talked about them before on the show, I think. I think, actually, I, the last ones I got were from um, and not Dave Stevens' estate. That's
0: right, yes, estate. that's right, yeah.
1: And, actually, now that I think about it, those were Star Wars poster books. But they are by the exact same company, and, then, and they're in the same sort of format. But I got right. three... I bought all the Star Trek ones that they had there. And, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind one that is the one that I had when I was a kid. But I didn't realize it till I unfolded the poster, and I was just like, oh my god, this is a poster on my wall. But I got, uh, a Star Trek The Motion Picture one that has the classic, you know, Star Trek The Motion Picture of the Blurred Enterprise with the cast underneath, you know, the, the um sort of busts of the cast and then i got one um yeah, yeah i guess it's number four because it says voyage four and uh what were the purple guys with the little uh with the little horns on their heads that all looked sort of like john Gras with white hair you know what that race is it's got one of those guys on the cover talking to kirk with a couple red shirts in the background and it says, the super aliens of Star Trek, Klingons, Romulans. Does it kind of look like a pig? No, no. They've got a human face. They're just kind of blue, purple, and white hair. And then they've got those little... They're not, like, sharp...
0: Oh! Oh, the Andorians! Andorians. Yeah, yes. those, are, those are antenna. Yeah, yes, okay. Yes. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, he's
1: funny. on the cover with an Andorian. Yeah! But number seven, here's the one you're going to like. I think the picture on it is from Cat's Paw. Because... <laughs> there's all sorts of cobwebs and stuff and uh medieval sort of background medieval wall sort of background but it's a classic kirk where he's got that somebody's just punched me in the face and i'm really happy because i'm gonna have a fight because my lip, the corner of my lip is bleeding and i taste a little bit of my blood and there's a little slice over my right eyebrow dripping down you know that look the, the right. one I'm just about to jump up in the air and kick someone in the chest and it says for the right. love of Jim on the cover <laughs> and then underneath it it says The Enemy Within, a critique analysis, <laughs> James T. Kirk so I think I got the, the kirkiest giant poster book <laughs> you could ever get and then with a um, critique of The Enemy Within and let me open it up because I'm pretty sure if I remember right I think the guy who
0: wrote the critique is Nemesek. No, it's uh, Alan Asherman. Alan Asherman, yeah, he wrote the compendium that will be stealing the uh, synopsis for this episode. I'm just lately. talking about Nemeseck though, because he was in that new Star Trek Continues or. Yes,
1: I have a really funny good. story
0: about that. As an aside, is that uh, so? I watched the first episode of it. Now, I don't know if I've ever really gone on record as saying this, so I'm, I'm going to make this clear. I don't like fan projects. Mm. I don't like fan films. I, I generally find them to be of you know, varying quality, usually on the horrible side. And I, I'm, just not, I'm just not particularly enamored of them. I, I generally consider them kind of a waste of my time. And so I've stopped paying attention to them. But so many people, particularly you and Bill Robinson, kept after me about this Star Trek continuing. Like, no, dude, you got to check it out. It's really good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then you know the opportunity came up um, to go to Conjure here in uh, in Orlando, which is a, a new convention uh, that just started up. Panels that we were asked to, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, you know, mediate. Oh, not that's right. not the right word. Moderate. Thank you. Moderate, Moderate. was uh, was a, uh, a panel with Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers that played, you know, she played. Uh, Machi, Colonel... Machi. Yeah, exactly. So the title of that panel was uh, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers to Star Trek Continues. So I figured, well, you know, if I'm going to go into this thing, I should probably know a little bit of something about it. Well, so I watched the first episode and I loved it. I really fell in love with it. As as the episode started, I was like, wow, it looks really good. They got the music, they got the uniforms, the set design looks and feels like Star the Trek camera but style. I well, that was the only thing is the camera style didn't really immediately make me feel like Star Trek because it it didn't have that it, it looked a little too fresh and new. Uh-huh. But as the episode wore on, It really sucked me in that it didn't really feel like a fan project it really starts to after a time you just start to forget and you feel like you're watching a Star Trek episode Mm -hmm. you've just never seen before and I I really got sucked into it but you know my life lately being what it is I just didn't get the time to watch the other two episodes because there's only three episodes out now or, or so I'm aware of anyway And of course, she's not in the first episode. She's in one of the I think it's the second episode is the one that she's in. And I just didn't find the time to get to them. So I went into that panel feeling a little bad that, you know, I meant to bone up on on this and I did watch it, but I just didn't see the episode she was in. Well, so then we go in there and again, not really knowing exactly how the panel was going to flow, but we had a pretty good idea of, of what we wanted to do. But we talked to her beforehand. And pretty quickly got the sense that, hey, you know, she's one of these wind her up and she's just going to go kind of people. More than anything, she just kind of needed somebody to watch the clock and keep her on track. So, you know, we go in and Scott Riefen took the reins on that particular panel. It was really good, really ran well. But I realized a little while later that we never even touched on Star Trek Continues. Never even got mentions in the entire panel. So I actually... You know, I, I did just fine. You know that I didn't actually get up to speed on it or anything, but it was just kind of weird that it all worked out the way that it did. But uh, yeah, like you said, whew, where do you see? She is a fine woman, still at, at her. I believe she's about. Well, I'll, I'll be generous and I won't say how old I believe she is, but she's like our mom's age. You know, she's she's she up not there. Not look like so. our moms in those. No, she does not. <laughs> No, she does not. She is still a, a fine, fine woman. So yes, that was quite the panel. Have you you so
1: you haven't gotten to the the, the latest episode with the alternate universe in it yet?
0: No, but I will. That's the thing. That that, that one, that I I, think... w- I will get back into it because I really enjoyed what I saw. I think that one really is the
1: is like the one. That one was the first the. I, I I got through all the the other ones. I shouldn't say got through because it makes it sound like I was working, but I was feeling the same right. thing you were. I'm like, this is like an episode. One of them, I'm I'm not gonna say which one. I'll see what other people think. One of them had a little bit too modern fan sort of feel to it in the writing and acting and characters in it. But then the then the latest one, which is, all takes place in the alternate you know um um goatee universe of Star Trek immediately after you know the mirror mirror episode like immediately after they 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 actually used the new cast in the last scene from mirror mirror or the last scene aboard the the mirror enterprise and you could tell it's a subject matter that all the everybody involved with it was like i mean how much fun would would that particular project be and so everybody i think had a little extra oomph to it and it really shows in the can and i think they by that time maybe the cameraman had gotten better because everything the only thing that isn't firing at the level of the original star trek and it's the only thing that i think that i have you have to cut them slack with is acting because they got to get what they can afford and who wants to work with them it's a labor of love it's not like you can sign a contract with N- Nimoy and Shatner and and pony up the money for for a trained actor. Although there's trained actors like Aaron Gray, who want to get involved because they see the merit of it and the and it looks like fun probably. Mm-hmm. But um, but at the same time, you're not going to populate your whole cast and crew of the the show with people like that. You got to get your friends and local actors who are Trek, you know, Trekkies trekkers sorry but either way either way you know it felt like it was written beautifully i highly recommend it and uh we'll have to go more in depth with it as people see it and as as you catch up on them hopefully they'll keep pumping them out
0: i think one of the things that really 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 helped win me over too was that the episode the, the first episode the one that i watched um Focused on Apollo, yes, and and was essentially it was a sequel to. And it's the original who, original actor who mourns like- for it of- And it's the original guy. That was the thing that won me over was that they get the same actor back to play Apollo. They get a possible th- that- way to have him aged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I really, I, I just thought it was phenomenal. As a I really fact, did. I really enjoyed.
1: It. The reason that they made up to have him aged is what made the whole is what became the whole thrust of the episode so it, it worked out really well
0: i did i really enjoyed it
1: i thought it was i thought it was excellent
0: th- looking i'm looking forward to more i of think
1: them. we're stalling man
0: yeah <laughs> and not like joseph yeah. stalin we we are because i well i don't know how you, how you feel about it i i suspect you probably feel much the same as i do but uh yeah I was not really looking forward to this episode, and after having watched it again after many, 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 many years, I find that my opinion has not changed a hell of a lot. This I'm is how much still I think, no fan of
1: Harry Mudd, This is how much so. I think of this episode. I watched it the other night and took notes. Now I'm looking at my notes. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. That's how much it's stuck
0: in my head. Well, I I just watched it yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind, so maybe I can help you you decipher your notes a little bit. So,
1: so of course, if you are a follower of Star Trek Monthly Monday, you know the episode that we're talking about coming up is... uh, Season 2, Episode 8, I Dumb. Uh...
0: Captain's log, stardate 4513.3. After having been taken over by an android, we are entering orbit around a planet which has never been charted. (laughs) Who sent you? You should refer to me as Mud the First. I have
1: 500 of them made up to attend me.
0: I love you. However, I hate you. What a shame you are not real.
1: We are programmed to function as human females.
0: You are. This place is even better than Leningrad. Hey! 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 hey. 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 Scotty. Scotty's dead. He had too much happiness. Uh, the fact is, I've taken over your whole ship. There's nothing you can do about it. See, the, problem, the the thing is, though, is that. See, we're 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 back fresh off of you know assistant editor's month. I'd love to come back like triumphantly, you know what I mean, <laughs> for all four of the shows, ah, you know, for the ah. month. And with this particular one, it's just it's not triumphantly. That's, it's more like, oh God, really? That's what we get
1: for doing so, the luck of the draw. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But. Anyway, all right, so let's just go ahead and we're just going to dive right into this thing and just get it the hell over with. <laughs> so out of the Star Trek compendium by Alan Asherman, here is the synopsis. This is iMUD. According to this, this is episode number 41. Um, And damn, this one does not give the air dates. Oh, well, I'm too lazy to look it up right now. Anyway, uh, I th- what it, thought it was worth noting, by the way, that uh, the writers on this... Um, where a guy named Stephen Kendall, or Candle, I guess it is, and an uncredited Javid, uh, David Gerald did some of the rewrites on this. Hence the he comedy. Re- yeah, he specifically requested not to be included in the credits. But oh, yes, he did. geez, why? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, so here's the synopsis An extraordinary Enterprise crewman, Norman, I like to call him Norman Bates, actually. Uh, reveals himself as an android after locking the starship on a course toward a specific planet. The unknown world is populated by a race of extremely sophisticated androids who have lived their human... Wait, what? Oh, I'm sorry, who have outlived, rather, their human creators. The androids desire only to serve mankind and wish to spread throughout the galaxy, eliminating problems caused by human frailties. To do this, they must first rule the galaxy. The seizure of the Enterprise is their first step toward this goal. Arriving on their planet, Kirk and company learn that the androids have a guest. Harry Mudd. Harry freaking Mudd. Who crashed Our on their Lord world... <laughs> and oh, God. Who crashed on their world after escaping from the scene of his most uh, current crime. Mudd has proclaimed himself the emperor of their planet, but the androids, recognizing Harry as a severely flawed example of humanity, plan to strand him with the Enterprise people after they leave in the starship. Mud aids Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, Scotty, and Chekhov in defeating the androids using illogical behavior that gives the mobile mechanism's uh, electronic nervous breakdowns. <clears throat> that's... Okay, that's not the greatest... Uh synopsis in the world, but yeah, I guess that's that's the basic huh, wait for it. That's the basic nuts and bolts of the story right there. Oh, that was horrible. But then again, so's the episode. So I, there you I go. actually entertained
1: the idea of proposing to you if we had more time that we just pretended that this episode was called I Hesh <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's do our
1: own synopsis and and you know, actually have something entertaining of a show to present to our audience.
0: Well, I'm. Mean, I've. I've made. I've made an effort that, as much as I think it sucks, I made an effort to try to take notes that I thought. Well, maybe at the very least we can generate some interesting conversation out of a, a an uninteresting episode. Peter but...
1: Hardcore <laughs> Hash, have you been drinking again?
0: Um. Yeah, I didn't turn this thing off. I can't reach the button! You you said you had undecipherable notes, so you go ahead and run your notes first. We'll see if we can figure (laughs) out what the hell you were talking about. Okay, this should be
1: interesting. My first note's in quotes, and it says, Who are we? With a capital W-E. Hmm. (laughs) That shows you how much, um, uh, Uh, quote-unquote... We are men with mechanical stomachs. <laughs>
0: well, I'll tell you one thing I was impressed by. Not a hell of a lot in this episode, but there was one thing I was impressed by, is that according to something I was looking at, this was one of the earliest episodes to get the remastering treatment. And the, the one remastering in this that I actually loved, that I thought was really well the West done. The Westworld part. Is yeah, they when they redid Norman opening up his stomach because as a kid, I mean, even as a child watching this episode, I thought that was shit because his stomach looks completely fake, and when he would pop open the panel. You know, you could clearly see there was a panel always there. So I thought, well, how is he supposed to be a Decepticon if the the friggin' panel's always just hanging, looking like it's going to fall open at any moment, right? Mm -hmm. And then you open it up, and it looked like the dusty innards of, like, one of my dad's old, you know, tape decks or something. Mm -hmm. It just looked like shit. So they went back in, and they digitally touched it all up. So now... The uh, when he lifts his shirt, it just looks like a regular guy's gut, and then he touches himself, of (laughs) course, and the panel comes open, but the seams only show as the thing is actually coming open. It's it's hard to describe because it's such a visual thing, but it's completely there's no seam there until the panel actually opens itself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was a really nicely done effect, and then of course the innards look, you know. Like, like your standard you know modern day CGI mechanism a you know CGI robot or something a, yeah a little spinning twirly thing it does sort of that. a little
1: turn like like the old timey um tape driven um computers yeah. did where it would just sort of jerk and turn a little bit and then turn a little more right.
0: yeah I, but i liked it yeah. i thought it looked really well. it was a nice mix between there wasn't much to do on this one to to re- no. rejigger it you know No, because they don't spend much time on the ship or in space or anything. But that was a really nice effect that was sorely needed in a very lackluster episode, um, you know, effects wise. So I I appreciated that. I thought that was really nicely done. And I I love that they removed the obviousness of there being a hatch in the sky. And, and it kind of blended with, you know, because in, in a lot of instances, because of the nature of the episode involving androids, my mind kept going back to data yes. and thinking, you know, how did this possibly connect with data? I, I would have loved, I, and this may exist out well, that, there. That's in, the thing. These guys the were, novels were
1: so, these guys and, had, these the, the lady robots especially had some nice hardware, but they had <laughs> some shitty software. Because, like, if people started doing that with Data, he'd just be like, you are acting irrationally, you know? And that's right, that, yeah.
0: you know? Right. Well, you know, like I say, it, this may actually exist somewhere in all the novels and comics that have been written everything, but I, I would love to see if, if there was ever any connection drawn between, like, this, this episode and the androids and everything and Data's creator in the creation of Data like you know like like his creator studied these androids on this planet and gained some you know gleaned some knowledge that he used in the construction of Data cuz the more i think about it when i started thinking about the level of technology and the sophistication and especially the androids that we've seen over the course of TOS Data actually starts to look a little less um a little less special because it turns out we, we've actually seen a good number of mechanical beings in TOS so data doesn't seem as um... maybe, uh, maybe not special is the right word, but it's like as far-fetched because they already right. had this stuff in the TOS universe so it, it's very possible that that uh, Dr. Soon, you know got a hold of some of these other androids from this era and kind of studied up on them and, and glean knowledge that he used in, in data's construction. But I would have loved to have seen like a direct link to that somewhere. And like I say, it may, it may exist. I'm just not really aware of it, but um, I, I don't know this. I was, I was stretching hard to find some stuff to actually talk I, about in this. I one. had a girlfriend once who said, I am not programmed to respond in
1: that area. <laughs> Even though I asked really nicely. Um, what else? What else do you have for notes? Harry Mud was an internet pirate. He was a downloader. Did you hear his whole thing of just like you can't contain copyright? Oh yeah. I was listening I to that and That's that. way ahead of the time. Uh, Chekhov <laughs> could have had himself a robot Pam Dauber three-way. Yeah. It looked like going on there.
0: Who's who's to say he didn't? For some, you look like he was definitely thinking about it. I love that the there's a. Uh,
1: robot late named uh, Norman (laughs) and I was waiting for the female robots to do a brain brain what is brain at some (laughs) point (laughs) but you know it's there's enjoyable things about this that I remember enjoying as a kid but we were laughing at it but still you the scenes where everybody gets to chew the scenery and do stupid where where it's like all right we're going to blow their minds and they start doing their little dance song and dance routine those entertain the hell out of me you know with 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 McCoy doing a fake hy- hypo and all that and and the robots watching it but it's in the I'm not laughing with it <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah
0: Yeah, that's a good way to describe it.
1: And Harry Mudd was a good idea. I don't know, was this before or after Trouble with Tribbles? Were they trying to be Trouble with Tribbles again? Were they trying to be, you know, like, oh, that was a really popular episode? I think that's a lot of
0: my problem with this episode is I, I, you know what, let me look.
1: No, according to this, Trouble with Tribbles is the next episode. Okay, so they they basically, uh, they tried to be comedic with this,
0: but succeeded (laughs) further down the line with Trouble with Tribbles. But see, that's kind of my problem with this episode is it, it does feel a lot like Trouble with Tribbles, which is music. another episode I don't like. It's got so. the doofy music, lots of doofy music. Yeah, really stupid music in this one. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the only episode that's scored by this particular composer. And thank God, because it doesn't fit with Star Trek at all. Now here's what I can't figure out about this episode, though. Um,
1: at the end, maybe I missed something. All right, so the robots have beamed everybody from the Enterprise down onto the planet. And then, what does Kirk do? He fries the robot's main mind. How the hell do they get back up onto the ship? It, it, it goes, you know, they fry their mind, they're like, well, we won. And then when it comes back, all the computer, you know, they've, they've obviously either reprogrammed them or whatever. But they're back up and running, and you know the the enterprises. How the hell did they get beamed back up onto the Enterprise?
0: You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even if think about had that. They nobody
1: there, but shut down computers. Shouldn't the Enterprise just have gone into a degrading orbit and <laughs> <of the> <laughs> plowed into the planet? Exactly. And... Well, we shut off all the computers. Yeah, right. Well, too bad they were flying the Enterprise right now.
0: Well. It's funny because I, I didn't think of that, but one thing I did think of is kind of along the same lines is that when Mud reveals to Kirk that he's had the entire crew beamed down, Kirk snaps. Yeah. Kirk grabs him around the throat and slams him up against a wall. Now, this is at a time in the plot or in the episode when the robots haven't yet turned on Mud. They worship him and the entire reason that Kirk and crew are held at bay is because of the potential threat of, of mud just snapping his fingers and these robots right. you know will, will do something sinister but yet here's Kirk with his hands around the throat of their emperor and they don't do shit they I, I never don't think, come to his rescue at
1: all I think they were actually just just playing it up that he was his emperor till he could lure more people in so now they didn't right. care but that means that they're capable of deception and guile and stuff like that, which means they should have no problem recognizing that when Kirk and company right. tried screwing with their heads.
0: Right. So
1: it's not very consistent with...
0: No, it's not. That's the problem, is that... It has little glimmers. It, yeah. You know what this episode reminds me of an awful lot of? Even more than Trouble with Tribbles. This episode reminds me an awful lot of Spock's brain. Yeah. An episode that, despite the stupid-ass concept of it, has potential... But it never goes in the right w- direction. It just it's a series of, of degradations till you get to the end of it and you're just like, God, that sucks. Well this might this you episode know?
1: might have all been there as an excuse for Gene Roddenberry to hang out at costume design. I'd say <laughs> make sure all the costumes were right. I hear he did that a lot. He made a lot of adjustments on on the costumes and this had like, you know, identical you know, tons of identical blondes and brunettes. So that might've been the, you know, that might be why we got I mud, <laughs> not for our amusement.
0: <laughs> I thought that Spock's supposition that all of the androids are centrally controlled seemed to come completely out of left field. What the hell gave him that idea? Why, why would you jump to this conclusion? Which of course turns out to be the right one. Why would you jump to the conclusion that these particular automatons are controlled like the battle droids in in the prequels by you know, using like a,
1: that one thing, I guess, but that that didn't have to be a complete I mean it wouldn't yeah. make sense to have one robot control all the, the no no control it, it control all the robots.
0: That's what I would be more like,
1: wait, it would be more make sense to be like, oh, we have to get that one bank of computers there. If we can get those out, then they can't communicate with each other and they're done. But no, if you have one, I mean, that that that's just a stupid way to run things. You know, it's
0: I just I didn't catch anything in the episode that made me go, okay, I, I can see that. And I didn't. I didn't believe anything in Spock's line of bullshit about his reasoning why he thought so that made me believe it either. That it, it just seemed like we have to get from here to there, so just throw out a line of dialogue and, and run with it. And that's just lazy, you mm-hmm. know. If you're gonna go that direction, then make me believe it. But I, I right. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the reason they got away with it back then is that we didn't have data. You know, right. we didn't have all these other, you know, androids that we've seen Androids and
1: computers were all just free for all, however you wanted right. to portray them or,
0: you know. Right. So that was, I thought that was a little weird. About the only thing I thought you could kind of salvage out of this episode is I was really intrigued by the scene where they're talking to Uhura, and Uhura seems really kind of fascinated by this idea of being, you know, transported. You know, her mind being transported into an ageless body. You know, an ageless, beautiful body. You know, she would never age. She would never, you know, grow ugly, and she would never die. She seemed really into that. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, she thought, was
1: always portrayed as being kind of, yeah, maybe vain in the in the in the TV show. You know.
0: right so i thought that was an interesting avenue that that might have been explored at some time especially you know you get to later movie era you know if, if they were ever looking for a way to bring uhura into next gen territory that might have been an huh. interesting route to go you know but you know to the best of my knowledge it was never revisited or anything i'm not aware and again i I don't profess to be an expert when it comes to the novels and everything but i'm not aware of this whole planet or these androids and everything ever been being revisited and that seems like despite a shit episode that's something that that could potentially be mined as this you know, vast planet of, of these androids that yeah,
1: people, I mean, I think
0: it'd be an interesting idea to, to have someone who was genuinely evil, a, a con type go there and use this Android army for sinister purposes that, you know, that's potentially an interesting story, but again, to the best of my knowledge that it never went anywhere. So you know plus you would think that that the Federation when they would learn about this thing you know here's a here's a planet of I don't want to say exploitable people, but basically yeah you know they they're, they're well,
1: mechanical here's the thing. Beings, I mean he so. did he did basically leave them with Harry mud still
0: mm-hmm. it,
1: it ended up pretty much where it started off with somehow the robots at least not wanting to go fix things for humankind by enslaving them. Somehow right. they reprogrammed them or, or something, but how, I mean, classic enterprise crew, how confident are you that Harry Mudd won't find a way? To, right. You know, obviously Harry Mudd was able through his situation to manipulate a starship into coming, you know, so, right. and, and basically getting taken over. So he's not a dumb guy. He's just a dumb character that nobody wants to see. It, well, I guess apparently people love Harry because He just keeps popping up and
0: popping yeah. up. He is immensely popular, and I don't get it. I find him flat friggin' annoying. He's, he's I really just do. Just a lame
1: sort of version of the the Western movie Snake Oil Salesman. Yeah. And um, The yeah. Wizard of Oz. You know, the, the
0: man behind the curtain wizard of oz i just find it incredibly ironic that the only reason that he's not in trouble with tribbles is that they couldn't get the guy so they came up with cyrano jones i like cyrano jones a hell of a lot more than i like harry mudd cyrano jones works in exactly the way that harry mudd doesn't for me but I don't know. I feel like we're going incredibly negative with this episode, but I can't help go. it. I just don't like this character. So. Not a very good episode. So no, it's really not. Yeah. The, and you know, it, something else occurred to me. La- last thought, because I know we got to go here. But last thought on this is, it, it occurred to me at the end of the episode that you know, about four hundred years ago, you and I did an episode before we got started with Star Trek Monthly Monday. That uh, was a Halloween episode, and we basically talked about all the elements of Star Trek that used to scare the piss out of us when we were little kids. Yeah. That woman scares the shit out of me to this very day, and I can't believe neither of us mentioned her in that episode. Oh, at least not Mudd's Memory, Yes! Yeah, She's freaky looking, man. <laughs> she looks like... You
1: know what she looks like to me? She reminds me of the the... Nelvana, the company that did the Star Wars Christmas special cartoon, she reminds me of a character you would see on that because she's got that right. hair, and she's yeah. and it's just that evil. She's got that pursed up, evil school marm yes. demeanor, and of course, it's not really even the Harry Mudd's wife. It's Harry Mudd's parody version, you know,
0: point-of-view right.
1: version of his wife. So it's probably even more, you know, it's just it's super. It's like the ultimate exaggerated nagging wife. The only thing that she didn't have was like a space rolling pin in her hand.
0: <laughs> I might have liked that actually
1: That would have been funny.
0: Alright, well, what do you what else you got on this Or Are we ready to, ready. to roll the roll dice on and on see what's next time?
1: Before my brain starts smoking.
0: Brain. Alright. Um so. you know what? I can't find my list. Where the hell is it here? This isn't going to be fun if I can't find it. Well, that's okay. It takes time for this
1: goddamn Star Trek computer to warm up anyway.
0: It's not getting any younger, man. Hopefully I can find it by the time you're done doing that. Let's see. House is
1: dusty as hell, too.
0: Damn it. Where the hell is my Star Trek list?
1: Sounds like my lungs during Goldenrod season. (laughs) <laughs> All right, it's spitting out a number. I don't know if you're ready for it.
0: I am not ready because I can't find a damn list of them. It should be inside my books. Oh, you know what? I know what, I, what the problem is. I'm looking in the wrong books. Oh. Because remember, we were using the... Um, we were using the nitpickers right. guide for the longest time. So that's the... 30. Number 30 is... we done it. a mock time. Fifty-eight. This is fascinating audio. Fifty-eight is... I can't read it, but we've done it. The Paradise Syndrome. What do we got, like two episodes left? You know, I think I missed... No, wait, the, the one I missed was Immunity Syndrome, which I really wish I was there for that one. But you did that one with somebody else, I think, because I don't think I made it for that episode. Fourteen. Fourteen is... I don't believe we've done this one. The balance of terror. That's the Romulan one with Spock's dad is Romulan. I don't think we've done that one. Balance of terror. You right. know the one I'm talking about, yes. right? I don't believe we've done that one. Oh, I'm going to say we have not. I done don't that think one. we
1: have done. Oh, we've seen Sarak yet.
0: Yep. Excellent. And if. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's the last Janice Rand episode too. If I do, if I'm, if I'm correct, because what's what's the one this with? This a uh, big
1: step up anyway. Was a yeah. to
0: it. Because what's the one with? Look at my legs. Okay, that's Miri, and Miri is number s- number eight. And balance of terror. Yeah. So I I'm pretty sure that that's the last one with Janice Rand in it. That's a good episode. It really is. It's a little slow, but it's a good episode. It's a it's a character. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Yeah, it is a character. That'll be a good episode. All right, cool. All right, so join us. Here's the thing. Well, do we want to do we want to talk about what next month is going to be looking like, yet? Well, or it looks do
1: like we wanna... well, I'll just say this. It looks like next month you might not get a Star Trek Monthly Monday, but there's a <laughs> It's you will get Star Trek content, yes.
0: I promise. And it's good Star Trek yes. content.
1: It just won't be this episode. Let's let's just say that in in the last weekend, Scott and friends generated a lot of content that you guys need to listen to and it might be a whole month's worth of content. So <laughs> if you don't get your regularly scheduled programming, you're gonna get some wild and woolly stuff. So there you go. And there's new new Star Trek content brewing too. And uh as as we get that more nailed down, you'll hear about that. And you'll love it.
0: Sit down, okay?
1: If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. We 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 are the robots. We are the robots.
0: We are the robots.
1: If you
0: ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecrafts which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek said soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.
1: Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Mud. <laughs> And remember, mud spelled backwards is dumb.